Welcome to Civil Tension, conversations with contentious intent. We are civil, not polite. We are civil, not politically correct. Civil Tension is a weekly podcast intended to demonstrate that people can engage in difficult, contentious topics of conversation while remaining civil and strengthening the ties that bind, even when we profoundly disagree. Civil Tension can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Civil Tension, Facebook by joining the Civil Tension podcast group, as well as on our developing Instagram account, Civil Tension, and YouTube channel. To join our mailing list, send a note to civiltension at gmail.com. Smart, really smart people do know what they don't know. And no, I admire those people. No, they I don't. am not one of them. No, they don't. I, neither do you. I don't know what I'm not that guy. He might be that guy. As I said, I, this group, I think, once, it's the stuff that you don't know and that you don't know that you don't know it that bites you in the yeah, ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah, don't, know, know. don't know. You don't know. You find out when it hurts. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. That's how you find out. That's when you know. That's why you got <laughs> to live by the rule GID. Get it done. Yeah. Because if you don't get it done, it will bite you in the ass. Yeah, you got to That was us in the in the trading case. <laughs> Don't ever let anything. I mean, if you find out you got a problem, you solve it right now. Drop everything. Otherwise, yeah, the longer you take, it takes in, the more expensive it gets. Well, not only that, but be, but but people same don't. percent. They don't involve. They don't. They don't get involved in things. It's like it's like uh, people always want to put things off. Or put it off. Put it off. Put it off. You know, and people like, who do that professionally are called politicians. Right. That's true. Well, I had a guy. <laughs> they're the, they're the best. Yeah. And we're not. And, and we're the not kid picks up the line things. of mine, <laughs> executes a trade backwards, and we were down seven hundred thirty thousand dollars in thirteen seconds. Ooh. Jump change, right? <laughs> Pocket I, money. Pocket change. Huh? I was. I was. You know, I was amazed. A friend of mine sent me this thing, where I didn't realize that there are more Catholic churches in Las Vegas than there are in other any other. City in the world, and huh. and that those Catholic churches, when they collect, get their collections, people will throw their chips in there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah, but did you did you realize that they send all those churches get together and send their send their chips to a Franciscan monastery hmm. to oh, wow. get them separated? Uh-huh. Well, they do the work to separate them out. Yeah, they're called chipmunks. Oh, oh. 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 Well, everybody's oh. leaning in. Oh. Oh. Gotcha. Oh. I gotta remember to grab that. I'm embarrassed. That hurts. Gotcha. I didn't know. I didn't know that. On that we actually got that recorded because I pressed the record button. This is why I don't want to know what I don't know. We're starting off with one of the the lamest hook, line, and sinker jokes, man. Man, he sure did. Ay, ay, ay. Give credit where credit is due. My name is Peter Galt. This is actually episode 15. We've been doing this for 15 weeks now of Civil Tension. And uh, I am your host and creator. And uh, we actually have uh, one of our co-hosts with us today. Tom Sellers. Tom Sellers. Thank you very much for being here. Our other co-host, John Guanchi, is actually, he's a minister and has... uh, uh, some uh, uh, tending the flock. He's tending the flock today. He, he had some some flock tending duties, <laughs> and uh, do have a, a nice handful of conversationalists. If we could go ahead and start to my left and introduce yourself, please. Norman Weir, Dan Swiak, Don Sevison, Bill Hasse, 
Ken Nicholson. Awesome. Thanks for being here today. And today we are actually going to talk about things we avoid talking about. So, and the reason we're going to talk about things we avoid talking about, and it might be a very quiet podcast because, you know, hey, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. Good I don't want to talk about what I don't want to talk about. Mic drop. Interesting. Yeah. Well, don't drop that mic. But, uh, interestingly enough, the last two podcasts have been very tough to get out and... Uh, they, they, I've noticed actual pushing down. I got blocked on uh, groups on Facebook twice, the last two. And, you know, the episode 13 two weeks ago was uh, Christianity Under Attack. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. And then this last one, week 14, episode 14, was Freedom of Speech. And what does it buy us? Well, evidently, <laughs> it buys you getting blocked off of groups on Facebook. That's that don't want the you irony to of that, huh? Yeah, the, exactly. You know, to our point. Yeah. yeah. Freedom of speech. People don't want you talking about Thank you for things. confirming that it's happening, right? That we're being stuck. Exactly. Right. And in fact, yesterday, I had to prove, I think twice, twice or three times. No, one was earlier this week and then yesterday twice. I had to prove to Twitter that I was not a robot. Huh. Meaning, you know, they did not like what I was posting or... It's hard to figure the Twitter bots. I mm-hmm. is some. We, and by the way, we are no by no stretch of the imagination <laughs> Twitter famous, not yet. But we are up to I think two hundred and ninety-two Twitter followers wow. now. Ooh, so awesome. you know, woohoo! We've really. <laughs> Gone up there. I'm, I'm actually opening Twitter on my phone. I tell you in just a second. So that um, two bucks still buys us a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here, two thirds of a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. two thirds. Because I think coffee here is uh, two sixty nine. Two sixty nine. We need some more followers. <laughs> yeah, we do need a few more followers. Um, but uh, no, uh, two hundred ninety six. Two hundred ninety six Twitter followers. Oh, Look at us go. So we'll be. We'll be famous in, in no time, I'm sure. Um, three years, we'll be famous. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, but um, yeah, but I don't want to talk about that. Don't, don't <laughs> want to talk about it. So, what are some things? And and this actually got a lot of people saying, "Hey, don't you don't talk about religion? I don't want you talking about politics." No, the the freedom of speech thing was way too political. It's our freaking First Amendment. I mean, I don't know. Do you well, not enjoy living in the? Obviously, United those are things you don't talk about. Yeah, evidently. <laughs> You do not talk about your rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know it's difficult to walk into a crowd and have a conversation of, of, of religion or money or sex. And, and, you know, there's there's topics that are taboo. I mean, everybody knows don't ever have a conversation about religion. You know, don't just with family or with friends. It's just it's not going to go over well. well. We're taught that as kids. Don't do it. Yeah. No, I was not taught that as a kid. I was I well, was you're taught- agnostic. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't. I'm not smart enough to be agnostic. <laughs> don't know what that means. Probably not nice enough guy either. Um, uh, in my my negotiations with the Lord are kind of private and weird. But um, uh, no, we the, won't want to, We don't want yeah, to talk about. That. Yeah, no, we, we're not going to talk about. That. Uh, you have totally destroyed what I was going to talk about. <laughs> But see, I think that's the thing a lot of people don't realize is everybody has their own private weird stuff. Yeah. 
Everybody has their own weird shit to do. I want to talk about your weird stuff. Yeah. I think that'd talk be about fun. My weird stuff? That's a whole podcast. That's a whole podcast. That's a whole series. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. In my chamber of commerce, which is a relatively well-run place, the focus is obviously on business. People hang out together to, to to enhance one another's business. They have rules in their bylaws that aren't often referenced, but I happen to have read them, that forbid us within organizations sponsored by the chamber to talk about religion or anything of that ilk. But religion and politics are, are, are explicitly named. Mm -hmm. That you can actually uh, be uh, disciplined. Well, most chambers well, won't not? get involved in politics because the, you, you can't. They want to appeal to everybody. Yeah, it's, it, because you're, you're tearing the insides of the chamber apart by doing that. So they stay away from it. To, and the thing that kills me about that kind of rule, that kind of process, is we are losing our negotiation skills. I was raised that if you're going to talk about politics, you're going to talk about religion, you got to whip out your good side. Mm -hmm. you got to be careful to not... Transgress, you know. To, <clears throat> you, you don't have to be understated, but you got to have some good manners, exactly. and you got to listen to the other guy. If you don't really go out of your way to make that happen, mm -hmm. then you get, you know, heat and conflict. And sometimes you're going to get heat anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the heat is good, but it it embarrasses me that so often our society today turns to silence. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. I think you're, you've got a very valid point. What? How did we get here? I know for myself. I don't. Try, I, I very rarely talk about politics, other than at this forum, and I'll tell you the reason why. Because you get your ass shot off. Yes, <laughs> they're yelling, they're screaming, the stupidity, and not that I'm, you know, I, I, well, I've been in my fair share of scraps growing up. I've gotten to a point. I don't want to fight with you. All I want to do is talk intelligently. Can we do that much? Do we have to call each other names? And that's where it always devolves. Almost every time. It, yeah, it, I find that a lot too, especially in my job. You know, I'm do, I don't talk about politics with, with clients because everyone's different. Sure. Um, you don't want to offend anyone right. or get them ticked off, and they they'll, they'll change their uh, manners towards you mm -hmm. if they know if, if you're not same party or same agreement with them or something. It's like, you know, this is all business here. I don't care about the politics. It's I'm doing a good job here. In, it, uh, yeah, in business, it's risky to let her hit the table because you don't know how the other guy is going to react. Right. On the other hand, you can build some really meaningful relationships with people based on the fact that you disagree. Yes. And that you and that you talk about it productively, civilly. civilly right. But that's what sad is we've lost the ability to have that kind of discussion without it being detrimental to either party. I always said, when did we lose? Our ability to disagree with one another and still engage and be respectful. But my reply is about taken. 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah, probably because we got to the point where we don't need to have the discussions anymore. We can express ourselves and hide behind it on I'm Facebook, just Twitter. Or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah we, we, we don't need to have one-on-one yeah, -on -one human, or, or human interaction. It's, it's crazy. And it, it does eliminate a lot mm -hmm. of, uh, uh, you know, open discussions. <laughs> Yeah. Should we not talk about whether we're a Cubs fan or a Sox fan in a business environment? Because a Sox fan may not want to do business with me. No. Yeah. Well, yeah exactly. In Chicago, in you're, my yeah. business. 
I mean, you know, you have to question if Sox fans, obviously. Yeah, that, I mean, that, determines I <laughs> that determines the price. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you're talking like politics, but another thing I deal a lot with is money. Um, and therefore, Billy deals with that too. Uh, I've seen like with like one person un becomes unemployed, they don't tell their kids. They don't tell everything, you know. Right. They keep all their finances hidden, and then the kids don't know why they can't do this or can't do that. They just, the, the parents, are, well, I don't have the income coming here. They hide, they're not brutally honest with their kids. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so I brought this up before the show. It's a, so two of the main reasons for divorce are because spouses don't talk about sex and finance. And, and because they don't talk about those things, they don't talk about them with their children either. Mm -hmm. So it's perpetual. It goes on and on. And, and you have illiterate folks in the financial <laughs> world and yet try to get those folks to come see an advisor. It's very tough to do. Because they're just they're afraid they don't want to talk about it. They and our schools sure aren't helping much. So no, they're no. starting though. Yeah. There's some schools now that have programs that do teach finance. Absolutely true. Um, and those kids that are involved in those, I have met with that are, and they're really sharp. I I'm think we're really people impressed. won't do that though. So I, I heard once that everything we do as humans, we do for one of two reasons: to look good or avoid looking bad. People don't want to admit they don't know, so they're oh, afraid to speak up because, man, I'm a, I'm going to look bad if I tell you I don't know anything about money. And I think that's why a lot of times people just bury it. It's like I can't show that I'm a, I'm an idiot. You know? Oh, that's a corporate role for you. Only yeah, oh yeah, show. big time. <laughs> I think that that was probably one of the best things that my grandfather, my my mom's dad, ever taught me. And then also my dad's mother, my, my paternal grandmother, was, it's okay to say you don't know. Perfectly don't, don't do something because you're told to do it. If you don't know how to do it, tell me so I can teach you. Mm -hmm. right. Or if I ask you a question and you don't know, mm -hmm. say, I don't know, but I bet I can find out. And then go, if you don't know how to mm -hmm. find out, figure out how to go find out. Yep. Right. And that's yeah. in sales. That's sales. Don't <laughs> it's don't give a BS answer because people will read into that and they'll yeah. then, then everything you've said up to that point is now all BS. It's well all well BS. said, yeah. Bill. Yeah. You know, exactly. go say There's a lot I don't know. Let I don't me know. find out the answer mm -hmm. and get back to you. Yep. Yeah. Just it's okay to say I don't know. And right. I was taught that at a, a fairly early age. Usually it's and prefaced with that's a great question. I've never been asked that before. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great that's question. A, that's a good way you know, to compliment the question. Yeah, compliment the question. I have vivid memories of my dad who is eighty times as I will, as smart as I will ever be. Who I would ask some kid question and he'd sit there looking at his knees for a minute and then he'd look up at me straight in the eye and say, I don't know. Hmm. Let's go figure Let's that go out. Let's go figure it out. <laughs> and I've told my kids that too. That's great. But it's, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. But then once it kind of goes back to that whole goofy ass thing we were just talking about earlier, you don't know what you don't know. But when you discover you don't know something, if you want to know more about that now, you can actually go learn if you want to. Are you and wired for that? And well, I think trained for that. You know, train yeah, training absolutely because. I just had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday. He said, I, I didn't go to college. And he goes, and I wish I had because I would have learned <laughs> how to learn. I don't know that you know, that's and, true. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily the best today, place to learn. Yeah. 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 College well, might not be the right today, place to learn. Yeah. Maybe a long time but you have Well, I started that with my kids you have at a very early age was to, you know, Always question, question everything. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Question if you. That's how you learn. To learn. If you Whoa. don't, that's a two-year-old. Why? Why? <laughs> why? 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 Shut why. up, Ted. What? <laughs> but that's, but that and really that's what is we train. And then yeah, we train kids up, yeah. to say, 
stop asking so many questions. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Jumping to the next challenge, out of this conversation, you got to go right there. We, we have this, uh, it, it's not new, but uh, it seems like it's always getting worse, gap between grown-ups and kids. The, the whole idea that kids uh, are, are opaque to us and it frustrates us as mm -hmm. parents because they don't tell us what's going on in their lives. Why don't they tell us what's going on in their lives? They don't trust us with it because their bullshit meters, meters have been pinned mm -hmm. to the right by us not admitting that we don't know stuff. And they in don't front trust that you're not going right. to go out and tell the wrong person. Yeah. And you can't yeah. get away with that with young people. I mean, you know, old people get callous to it. And, and okay, this is the way folks mm -hmm. are. All right, we'll yeah. live with that. Well, but, see, there's, that's one of those questions that I would not uh, uh, talk about. It's one of those things I, I don't like to talk about is, is what I get involved with in my own family. Why should I bother other people with it? with uh, talking about my family when I'm, when I'm having a difficult time talking to people in my own family. It's, uh, it, There's a it's time a, it's, for discussion, sir. Well, there are times for discussion, but how often do those discussions take place? I mean, it's uh, with, the way, with the way things are going on these days with uh, travel, with... Uh, uh, people moving to different states, moving to different parts of the country. You know, the kids, the, the days of, of uh, you know, everybody loves Raymond where uh, the, the son stays home until he's 40, uh, in 40 years old and living in, living in his mother and father's basement uh, doesn't happen. <laughs> no, that, I, I am going to apologize for that laugh because there are some people who may listen to this that understand why I just laughed, yep. and I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I, we don't want to talk about it. No. But uh, to your point, though, Dan, we don't, we're, we're trained, I think, because I remember hearing, you don't talk about family business. Yeah. You do not talk about, we don't talk about what's going on at home. And, and I was not raised in a, it was not a negative home. You know, I, I didn't grow up getting beat. I didn't grow up, you know, in, a, in an abusive family. Um, we went through our own goofy stuff as, as families do. But you're right, Dan, it's, you don't talk about that with other people. Mm -hmm. You don't even, you may have really good friends, but you're not gonna necessarily sit down and start talking about you know, what kind of difficulties you're going through at home, even though you may feel like you really need to just talk to get mm -hmm. it out. And sometimes verbalizing those things really help you get through something and are, and can be amazingly cathartic. I mean, even between Cody and I, we actually worked with a particular uh, business coach and I know several business coaches, and they might listen to this, and they'll go, well, it wasn't me. Sorry, guys. There was one in particular <laughs> who actually brought something incredibly unique and to the point where it actually helped Cody and I get to a point where Cody finally felt okay, and, and I communicated enough with him. It, it was incredible. I'm having a hard time even verbalizing this. It was incredibly cathartic, uh, but um, it's that's hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. But just Cody and I getting to that point where it was okay for him to say, 
I want to do something else or feel okay and not feel guilty about where we were at that point in time. Sure. And and he and I, man, I loved working with him. I, I was really nervous about it when we originally went into business and he wanted to start. I was extremely nervous about hiring my own son mm-hmm. because what if I had to fire him? Turned out he was really, really good at his job. Did phenomenal work, really owned it, and he he actually wound up with an opportunity to go uh, join a company that essentially was a competitor of ours in in a few ways. But you know, he's now getting to do things and learn things. He it would have taken probably a few more years to get to the point where he's at now in our own business. So, but. Just being <clears throat> willing to be vulnerable yep. with someone else. Good. Well, there you go. And that's that's a, that's a thing. Risk that's looking bad. Yeah. <laughs> right, looking bad, vulnerability, and, and what most people fail to see, and, and I'm as guilty as anybody, is, is the support group that's around you. I mean, holding things in brings out all kinds of medical issues, right? Anxiety and stress and lack of sleep, not eating properly. I mean, it, it leads to a lot of different things. Because people hold it in because they don't want to talk about it. And yet they don't realize, uh, well, look at all the, the federally government subsidized support uh, avenues that you can go to in, in many different places. But also, just within, within your circle of friends, when something bad happens and you find out afterwards that the person didn't come talk to you, and then they find out your whole circle of friends were, you could have called any one of them. Mm-hmm. And they would have been there to help you out. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're afraid to talk about it, vulnerabilities. I've been more open than most people around me, and I, I never hide my background, what I've been through, my losses, uh, my, my bad times and my good times. That helps me be a genuine person. You know, and it's but it's tough. There's still things I won't talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when I was uh, uh, young in my career, uh, I worked for a bunch of big companies in a row, and, and that made me psychotic because I was young <laughs> and I was trying to do things a better way. and. Why don't, we, why don't we do it this way, guys? Is because we don't do that, mm. right? You know, yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. We've we all done it this way, oh, right? Yeah. So it's the, yeah. the big company syndrome. Right? All young people hate it. It's a it's an evil thing, and as has happened with many folks, my fourth job or fifth, something like that, I wound up with kind of a boutique little consulting company who was a bunch of people like me. They were mad hatters, really really good at what they do. Uh, emotional about their work and very good at it and, and making a ton of money in a, in, a, in a business environment that was not kind at the time. And the thing that was unique about that company, besides the average IQ, I mean, I went from being a really smart guy in a big pond to being a really dumb guy <laughs> in a very small pond, right? uh, is they would get together. Management sponsored this. They paid for it. They were, we all lived on the road all the time. We all commuted to the airport. We would come home every other week, which is really often if you think about it. Uh, at management expense, sit in a room for an entire day and do nothing but share what's going on in the company. Mm-hmm. Everybody would give a little, you know, 20 minute status on how things were going with them and lay out their problems and, and, and invite solutions and all that stuff. But more important than anything else in that in that town hall, if you will, was any junior guy in the company could ask management ownership anything mm-hmm. about their finances, about 
why are we doing this thing that seems to be counter to our normal policy? What am I supposed to do in this kind of situation? When do I yell for help and when do I just gut it? All those kinds of really difficult questions. And the management in that organization was, was so talented because they would sit there at the end of the table and just get beat mm -hmm. by folks that were angry. You know, justifiably, you know, we need it. We're 23 guys, we can't talk to each other, what's our problem, right? Because um, we're afraid I, we're gonna get fired. Yeah. <laughs> that company hauled off stuff over a period of 10 years that was really, really remarkable. A lot of money was made when it finally came apart. A lot of people took money home. It was, uh, it was an amazing experience for me. And it was all about being willing to talk mm -hmm. about it. Right. Well, I've always said, you know, it's kind of like you're talking about the behavior of, of a company, the behavior of the individuals, and that's stuff that in a corporate world you don't talk about. It's how many calls did you make? How many widgets did you make? Well, you, you don't because it comes from leadership yeah. down. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't talk against leadership. Yeah, and it's like, uh, Why know, not? I've asked, I always ask people to describe great the employees they've worked with, and they always say words that are behavioral words. You know, they were dedicated, they were focused, they were hardworking, they were, they were caring, they were flexible. But how often do you sit around a table at work and talk about those things? And, and, and the, the back in the day, of course, but uh, there was booze in the, <laughs> you know, in the credenza, yeah. and by lunch it was out, you know, and they would order in lunch, and yeah. and uh, sometimes the the conversation was so hot and heavy and fun and productive, it would migrate down to the bar, and then we wind up, you know, getting hotter and and more aggressive. and now and a cigar to the mix, solving all the problems of the world. But I, I'm. Okay, now we get political. Yeah. Can we? Uh, Let's political? do that. We tend, yeah, to, right? Let's do we that. tend to do that back, anyway. Everything's so. political. Has anybody yeah. ever, ever, ever in their life th thought that more transparency in government would be a bad thing? No. No. Has anybody ever done anything to make more transparency happen? Either anybody at this table or anybody we were working with or anybody we're trying. Have we really put the pressure on our politicians to let us know what the hell it is they really do? Well, some would argue that what they're doing now, obviously with their current regime, uh, is overdoing it. Overdoing the transparency thing? Yeah. Speak we we have instant information now, right? We have, we, we've got our president tweeting what he feels, what he's thinking <laughs> a, a, on a daily basis. I, this I, is not something we've ever had before. I'd like oh, to I see can. a little restraint there. <laughs> well, maybe. But would you? Well, because I'm on his side, and I think it's hurting. We don't want to talk about that. Yeah, we're not going there. Okay. Well, see, and that's, that's it. You know, that's, that's part well, of it. You hate that he tweets so much, but then he tweets so much, you're like... You, know, you wish he could yeah. be a little more, have a little more class, said, a little more cool. But that's what you like. It's like, but, he's different. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, nobody at this table, I bet, has any kind of real knowledge of how Congress works. I know that every time I learn something new about the real machinations of what goes on up on that hill... Said, oh my God, this is idiocy, mm -hmm. right? And if we all knew about it, all those guys would be out of a job. Well, that's well, the thing. How do they keep getting elected when we don't know any better? Because those of us that are saying, how does this keep going on? Year after year after cycle. Wait a minute. Cycle. Because oh, like 15, 20 percent. How can we have vote? this conversation that's when that's we right. sit here in the state of Illinois? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, it is you astounding. Know by now, but Tom. it is astounding. The answer is 19 percent approval, and they get reelected. Yeah. I mean, how does Mike Madigan I just disagree with it. I don't <laughs> understand why we can't break free of it. That's what I don't get. Yeah, I, I think that bought. because people don't talk politics, mm -hmm. and then the politics that do get talked about are basically what we see on the news right. or in the 
Who'd media. you vote for? Yeah. I'm not telling you. Yeah. Oh, a vote's confidential. We don't. I don't have to talk to that. But yet, when you walk into a voting poll place, they say, "Okay, what 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 ticket do you want? Right. What do you mean? What ticket do I want? Why can't I just go vote for yeah. who I want to vote right. for? Exactly. No, yeah. you need to tell me what ticket you want. Okay. Well, are you Republican or a Democrat? And depending on what voting station you're at, and I know that this is probably not supposed to happen. But you say one or the other, Democrat or Republican, depending on where you are and who's in there, people shoot you daggers oh, yeah. if you are oh, yeah. not aligned with who the bulk of that room <laughs> is at the time. That yeah. ain't appropriate. Everybody knows. You have yeah. to remember that that's only in, in the primary. That's true. And pretty and much I, only in Illinois, and, and the way it happens. No, no, and one of the reasons I, you know, I became a, a, an election judge many years ago just to find out what was what was more uh, down to earth or down to grassroots, uh, what was happening in the in the area, and also I wanted to fulfill a civic duty. And there are a lot of people that don't know how to fill, fulfill that civic duty. And to find out when I'm in, in my polling place, to find out that all of a sudden you're only getting maybe 20% of a vote, you know. Not a good day. You know, I, that well, would be you, huge in this state. Well, you'd get 20. On a primary. On a primary, yes, that would be huge. But but in a in a general election, you'd get you'd get a, a, a much bigger, not not much bigger, but yes. maybe 30%. 30, 30, 40. 30, 40%, yeah. But but you'd get you'd get a, that kind of a, a of a dispersion of your polling place. And you're you say to yourself, why aren't more people out there doing this? Why aren't there more people talking about it? Why aren't there more people, you know, but there again, as a judge, and I tell this to everyone, uh, whoever asks me, I say, I never tell anybody who I vote for because, number one, it's my right. Number two, I'm a judge. I don't want anybody to know who I vote for. Is there a law about you being able to tell being a judge? I don't think so. Well, there is a law that, that if you are a Republican judge or a Democratic judge, you have to vote that ticket. In the primary. In the primary. Yes. Okay. So you're declaring already. Anyway. So, you're, so you're, you are declaring to some degree, but they don't see who you're voting for. Except for those races where there's only one person in the race. Anyway, so. <laughs> Which is, gee, welcome to Illinois. But you don't have to check that one off. That's true. You don't have to. In Illinois, they'll do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Several Some, times. Sometimes multiple times. Yeah. Just, just to make sure. <laughs> I don't know. The, the whole politics thing, it's... But, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week. And, and a kind of also a little bit of this kind of rang through... Uh, Don, when you mentioned you, there are some people you just don't want to talk yeah, about these Thomas kind of things. Or, yeah, yeah well, you, if you know that you're going to be met with a bunch of yelling and screaming and you mm -hmm. just don't want to deal with it, mm -hmm. you just don't talk about it. And, you know, now we have this coined phrase, the silent majority. Yeah. And so throughout the country, you know, if you look at the voting maps, the big metropolitan areas are generally blue. Mm -hmm. The rest of the country is red, and and even Illinois, you know, Springfield on the, map, red is, on the map is blue, and Chicago is blue. Very dark then, blue. Very dark <laughs> blue. Yeah, very dark blue. 
and then everything else in Illinois is red. Um, By the way, I've always thought, shouldn't the Democratic Party be the red one? Sidebar. Sidebar, yeah. I agree. I had struggles on from memorizing which was which. It's like, I mean, I, I don't really know why. <laughs> Didn't they switch a few years ago? Yeah. I don't know. We're digressing from the topic. But the whole topic is, yeah, is what are we going to talk about? What do you avoid talking about? Politics amongst us, and in the, we've established that it's okay to talk politics. Yeah, we, don't. we don't care. Yeah. We don't care what side you're on, and we manage to have a nice civil, mm-hmm. and sometimes not nice, but it is civil. Right. No one gets up and starts yelling and screaming and pummeling. We get a little spirited and uh, sometimes a little aggressive, but. You hold him, Tom. I'll hit him. Well, right. Well, you know, we, we never devolve into that. But then again, I mean, it it still cracked me up when um, Bob and and I would love to see him oh, come back. Bob. I don't know if we changed. I don't know if we chased Bob away or no, what. Well, I think this is a busy season. It, 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 yeah, I right. think so too yeah. for for what he does for yeah. work. Um, we did chase but, him away once, but we amended our ways, uh, and we yeah. earned his. And, Pete, I think uh, what, where I think yeah, this, the gist of this stuff. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not talk about it. We've touched on. It. I mean, okay. There's if if a topic is taboo, why? When I think it's because there are some topics that somebody decided there's too much offense in those topics, politics and religion. We don't talk about those things because you might offend someone. Well, how you could apply that to anything in life, but we've applied it very strongly in our society to, well, you can't say it because you might offend someone. The fact that I said I might offend people in a thousand different ways, but why are those two ways? Why is it offensive to talk to someone about it? It shouldn't be, and it shouldn't be be taken that way. It's strictly on the part of the receiver, as long as you operate with good manners. Exactly. And it it distresses me that the fact that you and I disagree might lead to you feeling offended. Why do you take offense? It's not my goal. I'm not saying you're an idiot or a a bad guy, (laughs) you know. They're trying to change the topic some. That's like uh, years ago, like when businesses are having problems running. They don't tell their employees yeah. on there. I think it was a few years hiding. ago. It was Nick's Pizza on there. He sent, oh. the, he sent out yeah. emails, blast out. Got, <laughs> we need help. We need help or we're closing. And, mm-hmm. and now he's, from what I can tell, he's booming. It's like, he oh, that, put it well, out there. Like, that was a magical thing. I used thing. to work for yeah. Michael Milken at Drexel Burnham, and we didn't know until the FBI came on the floor and pulled us off. I'm not kidding. They on Friday came on the floor and had our pictures and looked at us and said, please come with me, grab all your belongings. I'm like, oh, am I under arrest? What's going on? And we, they walked us right off the trading floor and said, I grabbed all our badges and said, you're done. Wow. Well, and I think people take offense you no longer and people don't communicate. It goes back to that vulnerability mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, oh my gosh, you don't believe what I believe and, and you believe that? How, oh, how, how could you? you uh, and you've, you've, you've offended my very delicate sensibilities. So... Yeah. So what? What happened? But you remember, you remember I, I go back to this thing that Peter said before about a sounding board. Sometimes you need a sounding board. And that sounding board can be, um, uh, is generally not in your family. That sounding board generally is your best friend. Yeah. If you have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I probably have, well, maybe two. That I can that I can speak to, but I know one that I can always talk to, and it it was by sheer chance that we met that we got involved together, and that he and I have times that we 
are at loggerheads with each other and there are times when we have great times with each other but it's just a matter of a matter of talking things out as as we do here at this table but if you want to say something geez say it don't be don't be well again you get back to i don't want to look bad Mm -hmm. you know or make myself look bad or something you know one of the strongest big things going on nowadays are business coaches right we see a lot Mm -hmm. of them all over the place Mm -hmm. and and you know what I, I i recently learned the true value of a good business coach and how most very highly successful people will have one mm-hmm. and a good one is and the difference between a good one and a bad one is, is a good one's going to tell you what you need to hear not what, what you, you want, want to hear yeah. right yeah you know because again we're going back to i don't want to look bad however instead of hiding from it you know have someone who who sees me from the outside you know tell me this is this is how you're coming across or mm-hmm. this is the direction you're going this is this is, you know, is this the way you want to go? Is this what you want to do? And, you know, and, and helps bring you back in line and in focus. Yeah, you need someone that, to hire someone who will actually tell you the truth, what they need to hear, not just make you feel good about well, yourself. I mean, yeah. Well, that's like I've always said, like employees that work for me, I always tell them, you know, if there's a better way to do something, challenge me. Let yeah. me know. Come up with the solutions. Yeah. Maybe y'all can help me figure this out, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you walked right into that one, didn't you? <laughs> um, turn your car how, on. How many... Uh, I, I, I'll bet you everybody at this table knows somebody who is extraordinarily successful as a leader, as a as an originator, as a creator, whatever, right? Who makes it a habit to surround himself, herself, with people better at it yep. than they are. Yeah, right. That's right? Key. It, this is I, I was taught in this. I, I learned this in, in business school. Yep. Yeah. Um, that it, you're just better off. Hiring younger, brighter, you know, you might have to show them the ways of the world a little mm-hmm. bit, but then listen, 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 and Let ride them. Let them go. And, right. And when people don't want to talk to you about your problems, those are people that operate from a lesser level of strength. Mm-hmm. And when I'm looking for a client, or when I'm trying to judge whether I want to work with this person or not, I look for arrogance. That frightens me. Yeah. I, I look for, are they asking me to contribute or to do what they tell me? Yep. You know, Arrogance and I, ego are used to hide. Yep. I got no problem with ego, you need strength. Arrogance is unrestrained is dangerous. But what you're talking yeah. about are meta people, okay? So there's there's basically a, a, a four different levels. There's the person that just shows up to work and does as least amount as possible to keep their job. Then there's somebody who's just efficient at their job and they're happy with that. Then you've got your high-end achievers who you know, are banging it out and making the money and they're the ones who develop arrogance um, and hard to keep in line. And then you've got the meta folks, okay, the super high-end. All right, that's, that, that, this is a chart flow I just actually looked at yesterday. Um, and you want to align yourself with at least one mm-hmm. meta folk the, you know, in your circle of five, let's say because you're going to learn so much just by being around that person and just holding conversations like we're mm-hmm. doing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I love that phrase. If you're the smartest, smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really believe in that. Man. And, and, uh, and, and kind of going, going way back a little bit, and I guess the, the whole concept of not wanting to look bad, 
When you think about that for a second, just look, just go back. I think it's powerful. When you watch kids learn how to walk, mm -hmm. do they not look bad? <laughs> Did we not tumble head over the heels many times? And you times? don't care when you're a kid. You exactly. You so the point, my, my point in that is, I don't want to look bad. What do you gain by not wanting to look bad? Well, you 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 dismiss or you don't get knowledge. You probably need to get better. All because you're hiding behind, I don't want to look bad. Yep. Life in itself has embarrassing moments. I don't care if you like them or don't. They're <laughs> going to show up. So if we know those things going in, why is it so difficult for us to have a vulnerability level to better ourselves? To admit our own vulnerability. We build that wall, right? Yeah. Exactly. We build that wall that we don't let anybody on this well, side of the wall. And well, the reality like, is there is risk sometimes by doing because you might be working with, with that with arrogance no risk, there's no that sees sees you as wrong weak. place, wrong time. Yeah. If you if you if you if you're sure. vulnerable with someone who has that arrogance, it can penalize you. It doesn't mean you shouldn't take Just the risk. Just need to be open yep. to that risk. I don't want to well, work for like somebody who won't allow you to be that way. Well, it's like you're talking about risk. I mean, the other thing I do a lot of stuff is scouting. And when we do camping, the, the scouts are out there learning how to do stuff. Oh, they, some fail more than others, mm -hmm. yeah. but they're learning and, and they're trying. They, yep. And they're once they're in that group of uh, guys out there, they're not afraid to yep. do something stupid because they know someone else is going to do something stupid next time right. or something. And then they they joke around. And however, that's not always true and not always the case, right? As we grow up and we get involved in sports, there's always that kid who's better mm -hmm. or that kid oh, yeah. who's who's never gonna. And catch on, yeah. you know, and they talk about it with each other. Now we get into clicks, right? Here's mm -hmm. the click of the the super jocks, and here's the click of the the geeks, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it, so you, you develop these things at a very early age, and, and we've all, you know, we, we all develop these things. Oh, from, yeah. right, but you grow out of them at a certain age. You some hope people so, do. But I mean, you're trained. Some people don't. Some people it takes I mean, a lot of years. You are who you are. Still working on that. Note that Tom raised his hand. <laughs> it, it, it took no, me it was very nice. Notice Tom was the only one to raise his hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't. People have said to me, geez, don't you ever get embarrassed? Because I've done some really goofy stuff. <laughs> Just literally goofy stuff. But it. In, in quote unquote embarrassing moments in my head make for wonderful stories okay. and I uh, quite often will instantly see the amusement in it for myself right. I am it becomes great. a great story I am great at amusing myself my wife <laughs> is like, uh, <laughs> you don't need anybody else I'm not touching that you know and, and you that's, know, that's, that's I wouldn't touch it either yeah exactly Tom no one laughs harder at my jokes than I do. Um, <laughs> but you know what? A great tool in sales is to show vulnerability. Absolutely. Yep. If you're showing vulnerability, you're because you de you're trying you're to develop. Get it? We're trying to develop relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and how do you do that? Not by trying to be the better person, the smarter right. person, the stronger person. No. It's showing vulnerability. Showing Same. vulnerability, but every single thing you do, and this took me a long, because once upon a time I was scared to death of sales absolutely feared it because in my head sales 
was that incredibly annoying aggressive and I'm sorry Tom mm -hmm. I'm so sorry oh it's okay that used car lot sales guy <laughs> oh, that now, oh you had to go there the stereotype that came running at you the moment you got out of your car in a, in a, in a car lot that's yep. what that's what my brain was so let you get out of the car was doing it but when I actually had to do it and I, I I had we 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 tried starting a yeah <laughs> went right past that we're all just running yeah we had a um a guy that uh, he might even be listening to this because he does a podcast of his own just recently connected with him over over Facebook so and I'll just say Dennis if you're listening um, really enjoyed your podcast that you do but uh, once upon a time he had gone with me and we were talking to a client and I was just there I, I, I said I'm just gonna answer questions that's it you're the sales guy you're great at this and, and we left and he goes I thought you said you weren't sales I'm like I'm not he's like what do you think that just was and all I did was answer questions but I had a conversation and then that clicked something and that was you know that was you broke holy, through the stereotype of holy criminally that was 26 27 years quick ago question. Or something yeah. like that. quick question does anybody know anybody who's not a salesman there's no such thing. Everybody is. Everybody is. Twenty four seven. If a guy tells me he's not a salesperson, I said, "Are you married?" And they say, yeah. "Yes." Yeah, I said, "You sell something. something. And you <laughs> can be <laughs> that good of a product to sell." <laughs> yeah. and, and <laughs> you can sell that. You can sell anything. You got it bought. You bought it. One or two. One of the things that I have been most disappointed in myself and professionally that took me a long time to learn. I, I grew up as an engineer. Mm -hmm. I'm very much a you know a slide rule kind of guy. Uh, I have very contained boundaries, or at least I was raised that way. And I had no respect for the sales profession right. until I was maybe 45 or 50. Mm -hmm. And now I'm here to tell you a couple of things. First of all, it's way too much like work, mm -hmm. and therefore I am not going to be very very good at it at any given point. But sales is all about listening. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of other things that I that I am working hard to to gain skills in late in life, <laughs> right? Uh, and it's it's uh, those are the folks who will make you talk, therefore win the conversation, close the deal. I I I, I, oh, I have yeah. tremendous. Well, just, I agree with you. And it was late in life that I figured this out. Well, there's, there's different hmm. stages in life when you learn different things, and right. and and you know, it, it, usually it's somewhere in your. 40s to 50s when you actually learn that wow god gave me two ears and only one mouth mm -hmm. right yeah and that's the thing that i've i've trained sales people forever thousands of them over the years the one thing that i transitioned from from how i was trained back in the 70s and 80s which was a different world altogether in sales most of us remember that oh yeah that to, was a three martini lunch yeah to <laughs> today and i would tell <laughs> i would tell these new people listen if you will listen and ask a couple of smart questions, every prospect will tell you how to sell them. This or is what they, I want. Or if they are interested. Yeah. If you just listen. Exactly. Well, I know if my job is listening to people, I find out what's ticking them off. What's what's pain, like. right? what's the reality pain? is only about 20% of salespeople get that. Right. Yeah. Okay, so they're the good ones. And it, it is truly, it, it, to me, it, it is a true pleasure to watch a professional salesperson do their thing and how smooth and simple it is. 
it's, it's just unbelievable. And you just uh, look you at that guy like, and say, wow. that's not a salesman. <laughs> yeah, how'd you do that? Yeah, and then, Where's the guy with the pinky ring and the... That was like the used car. Gold chains and you know, all... And the slipped back yeah. hair. And, yeah. Well, I remember, exactly. I remember it's an art. when I worked at an it's internet company, yeah. our, sale, our network engineers used to complain about the salespeople all the time. Man, they don't do anything. They just go out for lunch and play golf. That was me. And they get paid all this money. And I said, well, you want to do that? They're like, no way. And I said, well, wait a minute. They don't do anything. They get to go out and play golf and do lunches, and they get a lot of money. Why wouldn't you want that job? <laughs> I click for it. It's like, oh, because they the work there. Most people, that job is really, it took me a long time to get comfortable with that and then to understand exactly what you guys have said. It's all about listening. It's all about creating a relationship. And people really, truly work. And as corny as this sounds, and I hate saying it, but there's no better way to say it. People work with people they know, like, and trust. And this whole conversation has kind of devolved into some weird form of sales stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, should, with that being but said, that's because we'll talk what, about that. Yeah, but, you, but, but you have to remember, too, that, that I don't care what company it is, or what product it is, or what service it is. Nothing happens until the sale is made. That's right. Yeah. That's and right. if you don't ask for that order, I remember many years ago when, when I was uh, uh, in the food business, and I would always go into a restaurant or whatever that I was selling or trying to sell with a list of things that I would have as my own um, uh, loss leaders, you might say. And I would say, we've got this on special, I've got this on special, I've got this on special. And I had people that would tell me, no, 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 no. Okay, fine. That's fine. I don't care. As long as, as, long as I'm doing my job. But one, one time, it will happen where, uh, and I've, I've had it happen many times, but, I, but one time it'll happen where that person will say to you, "Say, have you got anything special that you could do uh, that, that I need? Because I've got a, I've got a dinner party coming up for 40 or 50 people, and I need something to to fill out that entree that, that's going to be fairly inexpensive." Well, you know, all of a sudden I've got them on on the on the thing that I tried to sell them three weeks before, four weeks before, and you know what the difference is. And now they're buying it. Now they're buying it on a regular or semi-regular basis. You know why? Because you weren't. The three weeks prior, you were trying to sell a specific product. Three weeks later, you're, <laughs> you're selling a dream. You're selling a solution. You're selling solution. a solution yep. to an issue of concern. You're, and you're, it's, you're, you're well, selling, a, have, you're selling have, a picture, not a product. They didn't have the need at the time. That right. The they didn't no. see it as a problem. They didn't you, have the problem. You didn't know what their need was at the time. Not necessarily. It just the. It just the. There's a big difference between selling a specific product and service and selling the dream of that product and service. Of what well, that can do. Well, if you if you sell, I sold you, food too. Well, <laughs> yeah, you sold food. I sold food. And I, I, sold, uh, I, I sold insurance too, which doesn't uh, talk about trying to sell a dream. I was a bartender. <laughs> I've spent the biggest part of my of, of the of the last half of my adult life selling people. 
And no, I'm not, let me clarify that. What kind of people? No trafficking, nothing there like that. There are laws against that, but, as I recall. You know, it's when you That's listen to what it is in the HR business and in the temp staffing industry and recruiting, and now I'm I, on the HR side of things, I'm strictly HR consulting and recruiting. Don't I got out of the temp thing a long time ago. Um, it, it when you listen to what employers are struggling with, it makes it actually easy to come up with or or offer the solution. They're looking for certain people with certain skills, abilities, talents, what have you. They make employers actually do a pretty good job of making it relatively easy to support them if you listen carefully if you try to force something and then maybe that kind of gets when you try to force something on a sale and you don't listen you just want to sell 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 because someone behind you is saying go sell go sell 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 yeah. sell close 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 quota yeah quota 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 those type of places burn and churn people like crazy to keep those numbers up it's the only way to do that but you don't get the relationship you don't get vulnerable and now you're back we're back to what do you avoid talking about what do you wind up talking about with people on a, on a business sense because I mean we've already established you don't talk politics well guess what sometimes you do yeah. and especially if you discover that's a key driver of conversation with somebody you want to talk to yep. or whether it's in business life or home life and you want to cultivate that relationship, you're going to talk it. You don't talk religion. Well, you know what? Sometimes you do. If that's a key driver, you have to be very careful about that in the business world because we do have EEOC laws as an employer, equal employment opportunity, um, and EEOC, the commission there. But um, it, then you don't talk about family. You don't talk about family business. You don't go spreading our family business. Well, you know... That's why probably a lot of families fall the frick apart mm -hmm. because you don't talk and, and you don't talk to each other. And Bill, like you said, spouses don't talk about money or sex, finance or sex. And maybe my wife and I are fortunate in that, you know, we're coming up on 24 years married and I think 26, 27 years together. <laughs> Um, something like that. Hope she doesn't hear anyway, this. Anyway, yeah. she never listens to these. My she, wife and I uh, talk about both. One's usually a longer conversation. <laughs> you know. I'm not going to guess which. I'm, not gonna guess. I'm lucky because my wife and I will talk about whatever comes up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't, I'm uncomfortable about, uh, about what she feels the need to talk about. Sometimes she's uncomfortable about what I feel the need to talk about. Um, but we do it, and we've learned to get through it, and 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 to have those conversations. And it's we actually anyway. No, anyway, we're gonna get back on track here because I I followed that squirrel. I don't think we've ever around been on the track. tree. You know, but yeah. you know, you don't talk about and you don't talk about which we actually haven't really even talked about sex yeah. at this table. And I'm leaving. Well, it was hilarious. A couple of the last time Bob was here, he said, "I want to," you know. I want to. I want to go and, and veer off a little bit. And why is it that uh, uh, prostitution is illegal unless you 
uh, film it and put it up on the internet and call it art. Yeah. You know, then that was... That's an offense against humanity. It's not... You know, know, but we don't talk about those things. And then when sex issues come up, oh my gosh, you know, it's every... All of a sudden, everyone... (laughs) Is <coughs> puritanical, right? Well, oh, that's like I know. society. I mean, we were founded by Puritans, exactly. But Not as entirely. a society here in America, we don't talk about that kind of stuff. We'll you talk don't about it. We just show it on everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's key. And, and I, you're talking in, in America. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's key because there are many parts of the world where it's a very open conversation. Yeah, because that's like me. I've lived both in society. Europe and America. Like here, violence is always on TV. Over there, there's nudity all the time. Yeah, it's totally two different worlds. Give me nudity every time. Yeah, there's also a lot less violence. Yeah, less like violence, but then you're talking like with prostitution stuff like that. Uh, there, it's legal over there. They have unions and checkups yeah. and all that stuff. It's just another foreign business. Well, and then again, well, we have that in Vegas too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what was it? Some Registered. some website got shut down or confiscated for child trafficking, and I can't remember what it was. Backpage. Backpage. There you go. And the what was it? The Women's March Association. Or they they March? had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, but then they said, okay, well, but sex work is work, and so all of a sudden you're like, okay, how can you be? People are saying, how can you be pro woman if you're supporting? The choice of sex work or any of that, but we don't talk about these things, and you know we have laws about these things, and you know we don't talk about these things to our detriment now as a society, where we have these things going on, and all of a sudden everyone's like, "Holy crap, that was going on! That was a thing." Well, and that's the thing. There was a. you know, and that and back page, from my understanding, is has, has a long history of these kinds of things going on, and they have flirted with being shut down many times for these exact reasons. Um, and, and yeah, there should be a conversation about it, and not from their perspective, but perspective as a society. Mm-hmm. When you put a profit motive in it, which is what basically was the was the the unwinding of it all. Um, and, and you don't talk about the problem as it exists, that's typically what's going to happen. <clears throat> well, and that's, well, and see, that's what can happen when you, talk, when, you, when you do start talking about things. And, 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 and speaking specifically, look what's going on with marijuana, right? Legal in Canada, now legal in many states here, med- medicinally or socially growing. And now we have uh, Schumer bringing it up to the federal saying, you know what, it's time. Because people were talking about it, I can't believe. But they I went from agree with Schumer about something. Or you know, but, really but, it, but there was a time where nobody would talk about whether they got high or didn't get high, or you know, or, or even if they had gotten high when they were teenagers or, or anything like that. Nobody. Now it's a very open conversation, so you can make progress. And we, I know there could be an argument true. whether that's it progress. Whether that's progress. But, yeah. but still, the idea is, 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 you know, getting things out and talking about it. We learn more. Yeah, oh, and we, we solve make, things. Yeah, we make yeah. better decisions. Well, and it, and it goes back to where we kind of started with this, and how people, you know, did you smoke pot? No, I didn't smoke pot. Uh uh-uh, uh, not me. But you failed your last drug test. That wasn't my. That wasn't <laughs> my game. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, but it was Lance Armstrong. But that's the thing. There was such a stigma. He used fake pee. You didn't spend enough money on that pee, dude. Right? <laughs> Something. <laughs> 
and asparagus the day before. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's the, was the stigma that until we started talking about it, mm -hmm. and until people started to say, "Hey, wait, there is some value to this," mm -hmm. that there you know there's medicinal value, there's other value, mm -hmm. and until people got behind those conversations and started saying, "Well, I'm not going to be embarrassed to talk about it. you get high." Yeah, I got high. So what? Here's why. Well, the, the, then the government realized there's dollar value. Yeah. Well, yeah, there we go. Dollar, <laughs> dollar value oh, is oh, enormous. It's unbelievable. But uh, always follow the money. The the the, uh, the initial shutdown on on cannabis-based products was a ridiculous was campaign. a ridiculous government-based campaign that, believe it or not, was racistly motivated. Completely. And it had uh, the FDA uh, made it a Schedule One drug with absolutely no justification, no testing, no you know, right, right. what little evidence we have today. Notice we have little evidence because you can't test against something that's extremely illegal to have. Right? Um, points in the other direction. And there is no doubt about the medicinal value for certain people in certain conditions. It is enormous. The downsides are, are minimal, blah, blah, blah. Okay, obviously I'm a convert. Um, <laughs> but, well, I, t I have three friends on medicinal cannabis. Put that doobie away, will you? I'm sorry? <laughs> After party at Ken's yeah. office, right? <laughs> I have three friends on medicinal cannabis, thank God, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> Thank the, God. Evidently, they're more bearable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from place to place. Now, huh? yeah. Much they're closer bearable. friends than they used to be. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it's a really good example of it's when we should talk. Them, right? yeah. Because there was, in, in the shroud of, of uh, secrecy, was more disinformation than you can possibly imagine. Yep. And the only way to beat disinformation is freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. Which is mm -hmm. part of the reason we're here, guys. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, look at what the... It, it, Which we're going to get the Catholic, kicked off again. Yeah. There we go. The Catholic Church has been through the tortures of the damned, trying to figure out how to handle their, uh, their abuse situations. Mm -hmm. And their initial reaction to keep it all under the covers was a really bad idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, and it, and it, it cover ups always worse than the crime, right? Almost yeah. irreparably damaged the, the, the reputation of an institution. There's so many things, they, people still hide things. Yes. And it, it's, you know, I. People hide stuff because, again, don't want to talk about it. They avoid talking about it. If you and don't know that, that about me, then and, you're, you're. Well, that, that goes know, back to that whole transparency issue, stuff like government. It's like, yeah. if you, what do you have to hide? You don't want to put stuff out there. Right. You know, if, exactly. if you don't want to put in stuff out there, I want to see it. Yeah, exactly. Now yeah. people want to see it. Makes me more interested. Now, we can right. keep going if you want. We're at an hour of record time already on this, which means a few hours of editing <laughs> for me. But that doesn't we can, bother me. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I got another hour in you. You got another hour in you? So, it's, but, a, um, it's three to one ratio. It takes in three hours to edit one, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, to edit one. Yeah, about two to three hours, depending on, you go on talking what about I got to do. As one of our former but presidents used to say, I feel your pain. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure not necessarily my pain, but. <laughs> not your pain, just my pain. Yeah. No, actually, it's. I actually have a lot of fun listening back to this stuff because I'm the one that gets to hear it first and and there'll be times when I'm sitting because I do this I actually edit early Sunday mornings give Saturday is my one usually my one day a week break unless I've got other stuff to do but um, other recordings and such to do but 
my wife will sleep in and sometimes she said, well, you're laughing so much, you know, down there. So I wake her up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, she says, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, I'm editing. And, but it's, this is fun to do. It's, I really enjoy that. I'm, I am so thankful that you guys all participate in this. And uh, it, as this gets up, and, and we have the last couple of episodes have been hard to get out there. Yeah. Um, but we did break over, both of them have, have broken over, and we consistently do now, more than 100 hours of listen time. And we're reaching quite a large, to me, a large audience after only doing this for, you know, a little over three months now. This is right. the 15th week. Um, you know, we're, we're well over, we're actually over, I think, about the 4,000 audience listener mark which again in the world of podcasts and all that other type of thing is is, I know that teeny tiny small bean stuff but you've got to start somewhere grassroots and people are listening and people who do want to hear this and there are obviously people who don't want this to be heard. And they live in a country about. where they don't have to. And exactly. That's the thing. You don't like it. Don't click yeah, the play button. They don't have to. Listen don't to something that? else. But Actually, um, unfortunately, they also have that, well, we're not even going to give you the opportunity. Right. Well, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's the cool thing. We do have the opportunity to come to, I mean, we're sitting in a restaurant here, mm-hmm. and thankfully the owners don't mind us hanging out and mm-hmm. giving us a table to, to talk at. Uh, I know we have Friday mornings with Pete before and mm-hmm. they really enjoy the business that's been bringing in. Sure. And um, it's very nice of them to give us this space. Well, I don't know if it's a good wrap up, but I, I met a young man from India um, this week and I had a chance to talk to him just for a few minutes. And one of the things he said was striking to me. He was just, he, in a, it was kind of unsolicited. He says, I just can't believe how many people in your country don't appreciate what you have in your country? Oh, because yeah. I love America. I don't know why people don't. I said it's because they don't know. Yeah, they've never they, been. It's away. always been this way. I call it I, fat, dumb, and happy. But it was just—it's so refreshing to talk to people who come here from else, other other parts of the world and go. You, they're, they're basically saying you guys are idiots. You don't know how good you have it. Mm-hmm. But the people in our country don't know how good we have it. And I think it's incumbent on people like us to make sure we remind people every day how good we have it. I, I think it, I, the reason I love coming to this conversation mm-hmm. every week is I leave refreshed and invigorated and inspired to some degree to pay better attention to the good parts of what's going yeah. on. I know it makes me more tolerant in a conversation. I know it's maybe a better businessman because mm-hmm. I listen harder because people at this table pound that into me, right? This is a good place to be, and there are a lot of countries, folks, where Can't this do table doesn't exist. Can't do it. It's prohibited. We'd all be in jail. You can do it, but you're risking life and limb. Yeah. Right. You aren't kidding. You're risking life and limb. There are a lot of countries where doing what we're doing will get your head separated mm-hmm. from your neck. Yep. And that's and what we're fighting for, that a lot of people just have no clue that we should be fighting for that which is it just astounds me it's just a total lack of understanding and more so appreciation of what you have does does it mean we're perfect absolutely positively not um but it is the old don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. there you go it just takes a trillion or two dollars to make sure that we can maintain it yeah (laughs) i gotta go gentlemen but thank you and i think we can wrap up on that note ken thank you very much everybody else and tom thank you so much we'll welcome back john i'm sure next week Uh, we hope he's had a good time today but guys give yourself a round of applause that was great great. have a wonderful weekend